So this has been, honestly, one of the biggest weeks that we've had here on the Nexus, probably since the Nexus started, really. Because, well, for one thing, we've, we had the best episode that we've ever had, hands down, like everybody agrees. Um, Ian, do you want to talk a little bit about that? This is 8-Bit, episode 104. Pretend to be whoever you need to be. On Saturday, January 31st, 2015. And now, critically think for yourself. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Sure. Um, So if you guys remember, back on uh, 8-Bit, episode 89, I believe it was, um, we, when Buck had to leave, I believe this was the day when you were in St. Petersburg. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember listening to it on the bus on the way back. Um, I had my band director, JPM, in as our guest. And something that he had mentioned on there was possibly wanting to come back and do a talk about uh, music, or specifically music in video games. So we had that talk. So it was talking about sort of the psychological effects of music in video games, um, a lot about how they just through the music and the different things that we associate through the music, they help to paint the world around you and sort of the, those different associations that we have, why we have them, a lot of the, the theory behind a lot of the music that goes on um, and like how a lot of the tensions and um, those specific things are made as well as uh, essentially likening good, well-done video games with good, well-done stories and soundtracks to opera. Mm-hmm. Um and how good video games are, in essence, the modern-day opera because it has dramatic story that the audience follows along, as well as um, there's basically continual music that is adding to the storytelling experience itself, uh, both making the mood for the scene as well as the scene around in which the game is happening. So if any of that sounds interesting to you and want to hear us talk about that a little bit more and sort of just extrapolate on some of those ideas, or if you, even if you want to just... Um, listen to it, and then send us some feedback with your thoughts. Uh, feel free to go and check that out, and that's actually on the nexus.tv slash episode slash TED, T-E-D, 2. But you only type the T-E-D once. Yeah, you only type the T-E-D once, yeah. sorry. <laughs> just just um, go and check it out in the show notes. You'll see it there. Or just go onto the nexus.tv, and you should see it up on there as well. But yeah, like, and, and everything that, that uh, he mentioned obviously also applies to, like, movie soundtracks as well. Uh, yeah. But we but we were talking about video games because that's what we know. So, no, any sort of storytelling medium that so uses that games, movies, opera. I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about the music in books. Well, as he was saying, there's a very different thing in books. Our books have a very different feel from video games. So, well, yeah, yeah, it's hard to talk about music in books. Sorry, yeah. I don't even know <laughs> what I'm trying to say there. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> So the, the other thing that is big is, for the first time, we've finally gotten off of our butts and we've started streaming on Twitch on a regular basis while we're gaming. Uh, so I think the last time that I really streamed before this week was when I was visiting you down in St. Peter uh, at the end of the last school year. And we had the England, the, yeah, the Ian Challenge. That was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, but so, yeah, this week... We we started up uh, Borderlands 2 again after, for the first time since I you know left for Sweden I guess mm-hmm. and uh, 
streamed that a couple of times. I'm I'm planning on every week when I get together with Sam to eat lunch, we're going to play some game on my tablet and, and we'll stream that and uh, have a bunch of banter. The banter will be the real draw. Probably not so much the whatever game we're playing. But we're you and me in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> and and like um so I do have some co op games for my tablet, but I also have like we're also thinking about doing the same kind of thing that we did with Outlast, which is, you know, playing a single player game two player in a way that, you know, is is totally awful but hilarious. Oh god. I might have to watch this now. Yeah. When is this happening? So that that'll be probably around like one one thirty in the afternoon every Wednesday is when we're getting together. If I'm around, I'll definitely watch. I might be yeah. using the class, but if I'm not, exactly. I know it's a weird time of day, but that's the only time of day that Sam and I have that we can get together in the same physical space. Hmm. So, and then I've also been thinking we'll probably have to use your computer for this, but once we set up Twitch streaming from your computer, we can probably stream 8-bit while we're recording it uh, so that people can watch and listen live. That shouldn't be too difficult to set up. No. That, yeah, that could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Wait, does this mean I have to keep my shirt on now? Oh, you're right. Eh, maybe we won't do that then. <laughs> We'll see. Maybe every now and then for like special occasions. Like yesterday, that would have been really cool to have a live, um, well, a live virtual audience. That's I, I know that's a little bit of a, <laughs> a contradiction there. No, not really. I mean, it's it makes perfect sense. Um, and then you know, if if people had had questions to send in at the time, then you know, at the end of the episode, we could have had JPM answer them. That been super cool. Yeah. So we could have a follow up Ted sometime with that. Yeah. I know he said he wanted to talk about it more, and hey, we talked about it for like two hours. It was, yeah, the the episode came out at like an hour and 43 minutes or something like that, Uh, but it's totally worth listening to, even if you have to kind of, you know, put it down and then come back to it later. It's, it's, it was a great episode. Very, very fascinating. Now, why is it? What? Why is it that every time I find myself in charge of something, or like a show on this, it turns out really well? Is it? Are you referring to more than the two JPM episodes, or? I mean, like those two episodes. The episode when I had Austin on because you were doing something. That was episode sixty-nine, and we refrained from making jokes. Oh yeah, yeah. I was so mad that I missed episode sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and we talked about like TCGs, both online and not online, or online and offline in general. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Maybe I should try and put together a show like once a month. <laughs> yeah, with a with a more unique topic than yeah. this week's news. And I mean, that would also give you a break too. Eh, yeah, I take this way too seriously. <laughs> so uh, we got some feedback from Andrew of all people. Uh, he says that uh, he thought that Sasha couldn't play Star Citizen. What happened? Well, uh, that was I'm not exactly sure what was even wrong. But, like, I played Star Citizen way back when the Hangar module first came out, and then, um, and then I, I had to, like, fiddle around with some configuration files to get it to actually show up in 3D, uh, so that I could play it, you know, because it, it, it's in CryEngine, so I knew that, like, 3D would not be difficult to, to figure out, 
And I figured it out, and then, like, during one of the subsequent updates, because, you know, they were pushing out a bunch of updates at that time, um, it stopped really working. Like, it would get to the loading screen, and then it, it would crash. Um, and I, you know, I didn't really go to much effort to figure out what was wrong, because there was nothing to do. It was just the hangar. Uh, but since I came back, obviously they have Arena Commander now, uh, where you can actually go and, like, do races or... Uh, fight uh, in a in a simulation, um, and so I basically just uninstalled the entire game and then re-downloaded it. And lo and behold, it works. It's, it's like the five minute miracle, but with software. Yeah, I guess that works. So uh, the next thing you commented on was yes, everything. Five minute miracle. <laughs> speaking of five minute miracles, uh, yes, everything of mine has worked after being turned on with enough power, and this was in reference to. Uh, my computer adventure, I guess I would call it, over the past three weeks of trying to get um, Scooja fixed. Which right. is so, now fixed. Which is now fixed. Um, that's, that's, that's news last week. <laughs> that is news this past week. So I, let's see. So on, I believe it was Thursday, the motherboard arrived in the mail, or the new motherboard arrived in the mail, and I went and um, installed it into Scooja, plugged it in, nothing worked. So it was like, all right, crap, it's not the motherboard. What is it? And so I go through, find find a good um, set of troubleshooting stuff just for computers in general. And I go through, I unplug all the essentials, and I try turning it on, and nothing happens. And then it says, well, that it means it's one of the most important com- er, parts. And, well, lo and behold, what had happened is the second power supply that I had gotten pooped out. I can't. I can't believe that you went through two power supplies and neither of them worked. But I guess. I guess that's what you get when you buy a. How much did it cost you the second one again? Thirty bucks. Like Thirty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, I found the same one, um, but new, for like fifty bucks at Best Buy, and that was the best price um, for any of the power supplies that I could find calling around. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back in business. I'm glad to be back in business. I mean, I, I miss some of the stuff that I had without the computer. Like, I would just go and run because I didn't have games to play to distract me. And I was okay with that because mm-hmm. I was working out. And I was getting to bed on a regular ba- regular time on a regular basis because, hey, I didn't have games to distract me. So I, I don't plan on forgetting those lessons anytime soon either, though. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Uh, Andrew says that uh, Jeff should definitely be spelled with a J, just like Sean should be spelled with a W and an H. Well, yeah, th- there is a lot to say for having a completely phonetic alphabet in a language. But it's kind of late for that for us. Oh, well. It's the English language. You're not going to get everything phonetical just because of how much we borrow from things. Sorry. S-E-A-N works just as well as G-E-O-F-F for those spellings. Yeah. And I know that there have been some actual people who have been named Ladasha, L-A-Dash-A, such that you would think it would be pronounced La-A. So there are conventional spellings are starting, well, have been going out the window for forever. So. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm growing a little skeptical of the Ladasha thing because everybody who's told that story to me claims that it's like, yeah, somebody at my school was named Ladasha, but, like, I don't think anybody's ever actually met them. So... It's sounding kind of like an urban legend to me at this point. I don't know. Maybe I should go on to Snopes and and you know 
actually research it. But who has time for that? <laughs> On snopeslicon.com, L-E-A, legend. Um, so does that mean that it's not true? Is that what the legend label means? No. Talk to me, Ian. What's it saying? Sorry, I'm, I'm on Snopes right now. Yeah, well, what's it saying? It's not saying anything. It's not saying anything. It's either been confirmed or denied. Okay. <laughs> and then the final thing that Andrew says, uh, and I have no idea what he's referring to because I don't remember what we talked about last week. He says that uh, the word that... Uh, Decker was looking for with his British show is critical. I guess you were making like you were making accents towards the end of the show or something. Was this before you started doing Ubby Dub? Oh, I shouldn't have brought that up. Crumb a couple, couple. No. Crumb a couple, couple. There we go. Under headlines. Under headlines. Actually, I have no. Yeah, I have no idea what that's referring to either. So. So, uh, everybody, if you want to see the links to the articles that we are about to talk about, go to thenexus.tv slash eb104. That is where the show notes reside. Uh, so, first things first. Ken Levine, probably one of my favorite game developers. He's kind of a celebrity. He's given us some more details on his next project. So, it is going to be a first-person, probably a shooter. Uh, likely sci-fi and the narrative replayability that he's been talking about ever since, you know, finishing with uh, Bioshock Infinite has basically been validated by Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and how much everybody loved, like, the the different orcs being, you know, different named orcs every time and, and the, um, what was it called? Um, the system where you have a ne- nemesis, nemesis system, yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as completionist, it gets a little frustrating when there's more enemies. I keep on killing them, and then there's more that pop up. I can never finish. <laughs> so, I mean, you just have to eventually accept that you can't always... I mean, you have to learn that lesson for real life as well. Yeah. Might as well get it in a video game first. I guess. Where <laughs> con- actual consequences don't matter? Usually. Uh, usually. <clears throat> unless, unless we happen to be in a movie about, like... You know, the video game where when you die, you actually die in real life. Uh, well, there was a an anime that Katie and I actually made a reference to um, when we had her on a couple weeks ago that the whole premise of that show is that. Something, something alpha, something? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, SAO, Sword Art Online. Okay. There was also a Stargate episode where they were had a simulation. I remember that. That wouldn't let Teal go. I remember that. Yeah. And then, oh shoot, what else was I going to say? Actually, we will talk about some real-life consequences about video games a little bit later in headlines, though. So that that, that can actually happen, but you'll, you'll see. Um, in the meantime, talking about more music, and music documentaries. Um, particularly it was a good week for music. It was a really good week for music stuff. Um, so League of Legends has come up with its own music documentary. It's a free documentary to watch. It's about 45 minutes long. Uh, now, I haven't seen the documentary itself, but I have seen the preview that they set up for it. And it's talking about a lot of what JPM and I were talking about on The Extra Dimension, um, in that they work specifically with the music in order to try and shape the narrative world, a lot of the the backgrounds behind the different characters in League of Legends, so that they have... <laughs> you can see... Okay, so it's in some ways part of the League of Legends attempt to revamp the storyline that they've been getting and get a lot more 
of a following with the story side of things that they've been doing, but um, <clears throat> this is just a look at the music side of that whole thing. Um, so if you're interested in how some of those some of those tracks are made, go and give that a look, as well as if you want to download a lot of those tracks. They came out with um, a whole album of league music that you can go and download for free. It has 15 different tracks um, with a lot of the more popular music things that were um, that were played. Uh, like in the opening screens, they they always have music going. Uh, so like the, the login screen, the the loading or not loading, but the the installer, the downloader, patcher, updater thing. Yeah. I'm just throwing out all the words that I can think of that can possibly describe it. That's exactly it. Okay. And is, is there any of the, like, in-game music as well, or...? Maybe. I think it's... For the most part, I think it's um, just different things from the different champions. So there's, like, Braum okay. and Get Jinxed. I remember um, that one. The Tiny Masterpiece of Evil! <laughs> and stuff like that. So... So... Give that a listen. Now that we uh, have started... Recording the podcast right now. You, know, <laughs> you could have muted yourself before yelling. I did. <laughs> I did. did not. There's a little switch out here. I totally... <laughs> oh, God damn it! It's coming through through my... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we are such professionals. We are. Um, and that should actually probably change the quality of my voice now. Yes, that sounds very different. There's less echoing now. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Right. Uh, so now that now that we have started, uh, you know, streaming on Twitch, and um, obviously I've been like recording little things and posting them up on YouTube every once in a while. But if we decided that we wanted to do that with uh, Nintendo games, we would be in kind of a pickle, because for I think since like 2013, Nintendo has basically had the policy that you can't make money off of the videos that you make with our games. We make money off of the game videos that you make of our games, hmm. and uh, and so like well for us it doesn't really matter because we're not trying to make money period. Um, but for you know content creators that are trying to actually make a career out of that, uh, basically they you know had to just abandon Nintendo games and go and do something else if that was what they wanted. To do. Yeah. Um, so Nintendo is now starting up an affiliate program where content creators can get a share of the profits from the from their videos. Um, it looks like they're offering like 60 to 70 percent of the ad revenue, which is better than nothing. But a lot of people are still not happy with it. In particular, uh, PewDiePie uh, wrote up a, a little post about you know how Nintendo needs to like get with the times and and they need to understand that. You know, the, when people go to watch Let's Play videos, it's not like the game that brings them there. It's the, the personality, the person who made the video yeah. that is, you know, the audience to the video. And then, and then you know, the, the game actually gets more um, um, exposure based on that. So, and I, I tend to agree with him there. Um, for, for, yeah, for a lot of, well, at least the, the you know, more famous... YouTube uh, celebrities, like, they're the ones that are bringing in the audience. It's true. And, I mean, that's particularly a big point for someone like Kim, who is one of those YouTube Yeah, I people believe that... he's the most popular YouTube 
creator, period. Yeah. I mean, with good reason. I really like Beauty. He's a lot of fun. I but. still haven't gotten into, like, I, I don't know if I've ever watched any of his videos. I don't even know if I know what his voice sounds like. <laughs> nah, we can maybe, nah, we're not going to play stuff in the fringe. we got to get to Borderlandsing. <laughs> and setting up my Twitch stream. Indeed. So that we can become famous. <laughs> you think that's going to happen? <laughs> uh, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. You just got to stick with it, and you know, maybe eventually you'll have enough friends who are watching you that they'll tell their friends, and you know, next thing you know, stranger things have happened. Girls have said yes to dates for me. <laughs> Girls have asked me out on dates. Stranger things have happened. Uh oh, that's right, ha. Huh? So if you guys remember, we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you swallow first? No. But I like Big and Chipmunk. Okay. Um. So one of the games that we've talked about a lot on the show and that we really like, um, it seems, is one called The Talos Principle. Now, we haven't actually... I don't think either of us have fully played it other than the demo, the beta. Oh, game. no, I, I haven't even bought it yet. Like, I've just been so out of actually gaming. Same. I've got enough to... Um, Occupy, got, yes. Yeah. Considering it's, you know, senior year, and me and my genius self decided to sign up for another ensemble. So I now have five ensembles that I'm in. It was a jazz combo. I couldn't say no. Okay, so the, the Talos Principle. So, uh, Talos Principle. Um, somebody has made a RoboCop mod where you play as RoboCop. Well, or at least with the RoboCop skin. Yep. It's amusing. Suitably amusing. And, of course, everybody who's commenting on it is uh, requesting a Terminator skin. <laughs> <laughs> Get us a chopper! Pick so, up that lightning there! Redirect the beam over there! So while we were playing Borderlands 2, uh, we actually found, well, I found, you didn't get to see it, but you can watch it now because I recorded it and put it on YouTube. Uh, I found an anchorman named Mr. Bubbles and a midget accompanying him whose name is Little Sis, which is, you know, clearly a reference to the other 2K game, Bioshock. I mean, this isn't the first time that we've heard of uh, game reference or games referencing other games. Like, I remember one of the things that blew my mind um, a while back when playing through Far Cry 3, I think it was, I found a bunker, and in that bunker, I found um, uh, a bunch of things with the uh, oh shoot from Assassin's Creed. I oh. think it might have been the assassin symbol, like the guild symbol. Well, uh, uh, do, and do you remember like that whole thing with uh, um, Watchdogs and Assassin's Creed actually being set in the same universe because they had like in inside Abstergo they had references to they they had like a letter from the company that made the whole security system in Watch Dogs? Kind of, yeah. So it's not the first time that we've heard of references being made in other games, and considering how many references we play, we put on this show, we say on this show... Right. If we enjoy them this much, then there, has, then there have to be other people that enjoy them that much, too. And, yeah, these those ones aren't too surprising because they're all from within the same publisher, but, like, um, I remember the one uh, in Skyrim that was the... Um, the notched pickaxe mm-hmm. that you can find at the top of a mountain, uh, and yep. that was like clearly a jab at at Bethesda's own legal team, who were trying to sue Mojang at the time for scrolls. Yeah. Oh, Bethesda, what are we gonna do with you? Well, Bethesda Legal, what are we gonna do with you? <clears throat> yeah, it's two happy places. Though, I mean, if I can find a girl whose name's Sue and make her happy, then I don't mind having a Sue happy place. Uh, over in the meantime. 
Speaking of more music, more free music, yay, more free music. However, you got to jump on this one fast because this is only going to be out for a limited time. So my game of the year was Dragon Age Inquisition uh, for multiple reasons. Um, one of the things that you were able to do in the game is there were several bards and you got to go and collect the different songs and hear the different songs that they would sing. Uh, well, EA has made all of those songs available for free. So you can go and listen to all the tavern music for free. And you can download it and have it for forever. No, sorry, no. Five ever. That's longer than forever. Five free. Brilliant. And and, and even if you miss the for free um, time, it'll be on sale, you know, wherever digital music is sold afterwards. I like that, too. But I like free better, yeah. I like free better, yes. Uh, so, since we've started uh, Twitch streaming, you know, it can be rather daunting and, and confusing when you first get started up, but lucky for us, PC Gamer literally just published a quick guide for starting your streaming career. Um, it was just like three days ago that they put up this article. Also, um, if I suddenly go offline, it's because something's burning. <laughs> because I can smell something that doesn't smell right, and I, I think something inside my desktop is, like... I, I hope it's just dust that is getting heated by, like, the cooling system and making a burning smell. But let's hope. Let's hope. Tell you what. Why didn't I finish reading um, the headlines and you quick open up Sasha and double-check on her and make sure that everything's fine? Well, I mean, I, I opened up the top and peeked inside, and I can't see much from there, but, you know, like, nah, I'll open up the side. But I don't have to turn her off for that. All right. So in the meantime, I'll go and talk about things. So you remember when we were talking about earlier in the show that um, games do sometimes have real-world consequences based on what you do in that. One of the instances where this happened, it actually happened earlier this week in one of the big tournaments. Um, there were seven players from Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, specifically from the iBuy Power team, um, that were... Accused of and caught of um, fixing matches. Of fixing matches. So they, what they did is they would take a bunch of. Um, one sec. Okay. Uh, so match fixing. What they would do is they would take, or they were taking um, a bunch of like skins and whatnot and transferring, transfer their, transferring them over to different accounts, and then having those accounts bet against them. Because the odds were so good for their team, they then threw the match so that they were able to capitalize on the betting of, of those odds and whatnot and gain a profit out of it. Um, however, yeah, all... when 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 something is like banned in real life sports, you probably shouldn't be doing it in esports either. Yeah, you'd think. Um, so now, yeah, it's been it's been a bit of an uproar for all that fun stuff and. <clears throat> They have been banned for life from the professional, at least Counter-Strike Go mm -hmm. world. So probably not necessarily much anything. They they probably won't be allowed to play anything professionally other than that. Or they sorry, yeah. not other than that, just professionally. Period. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this this next one is a little technical, um, and I I'm not sure if I understand exactly what's going on because I'm not like you know a hardware engineer or anything. Um, but so what's what's our what's our favorite uh, graphics card at this point for you know price to performance ratio? 
GTX 970. Easy. Quite. Um, yeah. And and so that's that's the one that I suggested that Caleb get uh, last fall when he was building his computer, and, and he did. Um, mm-hmm. And so the 970 and the 980 both have 4 gigs of, um, of video RAM, right? Mm-hmm. Well, people noticed uh, when they were, like, benchmarking it on their own machines that it was listed as having 3.5 gigs of VRAM. And when they when they forced it to use more than three and a half gigs of VRAM, they were having uh, like more of a performance drop than expected. Mm-hmm. And so the reason behind this is that um, the 970 has like basically has less connections from the VRAM to the rest of the system than the 980 has. So what they had to do was they had to divide the VRAM into two different blocks. Three, the first three and a half gigs all uses, you know, like the the main connectors, right? And mm-hmm. but then if it is has to use that last half gig of VRAM, then the information that's flowing to and from that half gig is, I think, like it it has one seventh the number of connectors as the the other three and a half gigs. So it'll be seven times slower. That being said, it's still faster, obviously, than using, like, the system RAM for that purpose. Um, and, like, they, they say that, um, you know, the, the reason that, that this was so confusing and, and, you know, users weren't aware of this was because there was actually a miscommunication between uh, the engineering team and, like, the marketing team or mm. the PR department or whatever. Um, and they, so I read somewhere that they're like coming out with a a driver update to like alleviate this, but it's a fundamental like hardware. Uh, I don't I I don't know if I would call it an issue or, but like you know, it's part of the hardware design, so you can't just like fix it with a software update. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even so, there aren't any any games that use that much VRAM at this point. Uh, so at the moment, it's still a great graphics card. Yeah. I mean, it it might just be a little bit less future-proof than you think it would be. I would still buy it though. Still damn good for the price. Oh yes. <laughs> so I like talking about like, about like global things and global news and whatnot and all that fun stuff. So Greece has just appointed a new finance minister, and get this, he used to be Valve's economist. So um, either he's going to be giving everyone free hats, or we're all going to get those really cool little Grecian hats. Oh, Spartan helmets for everyone! Spartan helmets for everyone! This is happening. In all seriousness, though, like hopefully his experience with the virtual economy of Steam helps him to, you know, uh, grow the real economy of uh, Greece because they're kind of hurting. Well, they're hurting for a lot of reasons. It's that there's because they've just been having so much, so many issues in the country. There's been a lot of people who have been up and leaving, particularly like the the more intelligent people. So they're they're losing a lot of their brightest minds. And yeah, why why do you think that they're all leaving? Because there aren't economic opportunities, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. So let's hope that this, yeah, let's definitely hope that this gets things up and running again. So this next uh, this next story is kind of strange. Um, firstly, joystick has closed, and uh, I was I was never really like uh, a heavy reader of theirs. I don't I don't remember the last time that we linked a joystick article here on Eight Bit. Um, 
But rumors. Golden Joystick Awards. Uh, no, that wasn't. That's not on joystick. Wrong joystick. Got it. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Pardon my derp. But uh, so yeah, what was I saying? Right. So rumors started going around that that joystick was going to be closing, mm-hmm. and because of that, uh, obviously you know joystick is a news like um group, right? So they had to report on the rumors that joystick was closing. And it resulted in this, like, strange kind of self-referential article that was trying to kind of be humorous, but, like, and, and you know, wasn't confirming that they were closing, but it was, like, heavily hinted that that was true. And, um, I mean, it, and it's really short, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to, to uh, read it. Uh, AOL is likely to shutter joystick, reports Recode. Hey, wait a minute. That's us. Well, we may as well handle this the same way that we've been covering the video game industry for 10 years. Quote, we do not comment on rumor and speculation, one staffer told us, wishing to remain anonymous, preparing for their lucrative PR career. Others are still trying to figure out next steps. Another anonymous staffer said, we're still working until we can't. Sources tell Joystick that the staff is aware of the closure, but corporate hasn't officially told them, so they are unable to acknowledge anything out of concern that it will cause immediate shutdown. We've reached out for more information. We will update as always, as we always have, when we know more. Hmm. And then, uh, and then the update down below that, you know, they are officially closing links to a Twitter update, which is strange, because that means that Joystick themselves didn't actually have an article other than this, this rumor one. About themselves closing. That's I don't know. weird. Yeah, it's it's super confusing. That's just a really, really, really weird. <sighs> what are we gonna do? Well, one door closes, another one opens. Uh, the Borderlands team is recruiting apparently. Um, so they they actually haven't started working on another game yet, and they but they want to. They they're not planning to yet, but they want to. So, um, Randy Pitchford, who I'm not 100 percent sure who he is. He's the CEO uh, of Gearbox. He is the CEO of Gearbox. Awesome. Yeah. So he says uh, in another tweet, hey, weird how those things are kind of getting big. Uh, we are recruiting for the next Borderlands. Where this have you a- been for like the last seven years? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like companies and famous people don't announce things on Facebook. That's just for no. you know interacting with your friends. Yeah. But we are recruiting for next Borderlands. This is the big one. Industry badass. Email me, hey Randy at gearboxsoftware.com, and then it's there's a um, a picture posted with uh, this could be you, this could be you next Borderlands team, so check it out. So one of the more fascinating experimental games that we've played uh, in the last couple of years is Super Hot. I'm waiting Super for you to say it. Hot. Super <laughs> Hot. Super Hot. Uh, that's the the first person shooter where time only goes when you move. Um, they are coming out with the a playable alpha for the final game on February 28th. So that's in just about a month. We'll be able to play like a uh, a standalone version of it instead of I- in the browser. Sweet. And I mean, it's on Kickstarter. I think it's it's probably always been on Kickstarter, hasn't it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since last year, gosh, I'm behind. Gosh, my. And yeah. The, the only reason that I knew about this this news story is because I'm a backer, so I got an email about it. Nice. Shutting up. Okay. Um, actually, something else that's kind of cool. Uh, completely in total different direction. 
Uh, so a game that's already out, but I think we participated a little bit in the beta in, um, is Planetside 2. Yeah, I've um, never properly played Planetside 2. Neither did I. I tried jumping in and then just, it, it didn't really work very well. I, I didn't get past the main menu. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it breaks the world record for the most players in an FPS battle. Uh, actually, just recently, 24th of Jan- on the 24th of January, they were able to get 1,158 people to participate in an online battle. Um, and that beat um, the Man vs. Machine's pre-existing record of 999 people. And this is this has been confirmed by Guinness World Records, um, which there's another... Hey, uh, wouldn't you know it? Another photo on Twitter of David Carey, who I believe is the CEO of... Um, Sony Online Entertainment? Yeah, SOE, thank you. Um, holding the Guinness Book of World Records with a big thumbs up and <laughs> a big smile on his face. So They got a plaque. Yay! Yay. They're doing things. So this is uh, just a, a little amusing one. Um, PC Gamer put together the snarkiest A to Z list that I've ever seen uh, for terms that, you know, every PC gamer needs to know, uh, but they're, the definitions that they give are all, like, just so, so silly. Um, for example, Assassin's Creed. It's Ubisoft wishing you a happy new year. Beta. C. Finished game. <laughs> achievement. Uh, you know, after actually telling us what an achievement is, they say... It was originally referring to actual achievements, but people didn't like them being so hard to achieve. Man, assassin snark and assassin snark. Oh, quite. I'm okay with that, though. I'm going to have to go and read through the whole article at some point. But not right now. Snass and sark and snass and sark. Right now, we have some reviews to talk about. We do. Because we've had more things after. More things? Well... Not to talk about, but we're going to go and play through more of what we're oh, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. afterwards. <laughs> We've so, got a date. I think great. first let's talk about what we played uh, actually earlier today. Mr. Torg's Campaign of Carnage, the second major DLC for Borderlands 2. Man, who thought that we could just get through it in a day? I didn't. Like, that's crazy. Um, I, I appreciated everything about this. Oh, one. Oh, man, yes. The humor was top-notch. Like, <laughs> so, so Mr. Torg is your stereotypically, you know, macho man, um, rock, rock music and, and guns and uh, buffness, biceps, badasses, etc. All the bees. Uh, and so, so the story uh, for, the, for the DLC goes that, like... Um, in order to open this new vault that they discovered, you know, they have to find the most badass person on Pandora. And so he just sets up this gigantic uh, uh, tournament to, you know, see who's the baddest ass person ever. And so, you you know, you're basically going around and uh, killing other people who are also trying to become the baddest ass. And uh, one of them in particular is definitely, you know, the most cowardly person ever. And, uh, of course, he's the one who you fight last. Um, but they don't reveal that right away. No. <laughs> there's actually there's actually kind of a story arc that goes on. Yes. Um, oh, Lynn and... I'm sorry, I'm looking up voice actors for um, this stuff, because this stuff, we had talked about how the bad guy sounded kind of familiar. Mm. Um, so just trying to see if there's anything that we know him from. 
Uh, I'm not seeing anything, unfortunately. But okay. Um, but yeah, you get to you get to see a few of the familiar faces from the core game again. Tiny um, Tina. Yeah, Tiny Tina, Mad Moxie, uh, of course, Scooter. Scooter, this is for the cars yeah. lead. Get you one. <laughs> uh, let's see, what? Sir Hamelock was there. Um, Some bunch of new fun characters. The kind, well, kind of fun. There was a Tiny Tina version too. Sort of. Male Except version. an obnoxious 16-year-old version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, I, I appreciated them poking fun at all of the obnoxious, obnoxious, sorry, not obnoxious, obnoxious mm-hmm. chillins that play video games. No, they, um, they made fun of a ton of people. Okay, so my favorite mission by far was, uh, you know, you, you hear on the radio uh, a game critic talking about some fake game and giving it a 6 out of 10, you know, because, like, yes. the gameplay was dull and et cetera, et cetera. And Mr. Truck was like, what? That was, like, my favorite game ever. Go kill that guy because he has a different opinion than me. And so you, <laughs> you go and, like, you know, you end up uh, wiping out the entire group of, of game reviewers. Well, most <laughs> of them, like half of them. The, the main gamer... Okay, so, yeah, the main game reviewer... Um and the people who work directly under him, and then the other guy who's there is like, hey, 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 you've already killed the guy who gave us gave you the better review. Can you not kill the rest of us, please? Yeah. It, <laughs> spoiler. Sorry. And then you walk away, and then he's like, man, all this pointless stuff. It was almost as pointless as the stealth missions in this other game. And he's <laughs> like, what? I love the stealth missions. They offered a wonderful change of pace from the rest of the game. That's it. Go kill those guys as well. <laughs> so yes, eventually you end up wiping out everybody. So Mr. Torg is like Macho Man Randy Savage on steroids. <laughs> uh, and then every single mission was a reference to some sort of classic rock song. So like Long Way to the Top, Highway to the Hell. Um, Burning uh, Ring of Fire. Yep. Burning Ring of Fire. Well, actually, that's a country song, but... Right, right. Um, Barroom Blitz, which is Barroom <laughs> Blitz. Uh, and so it was just everything we love about Borderlands and just coming to us. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm still most excited for the final DLC when we haven't gotten there yet, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. So the, there was one thing that I was a little confused about and I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it yet but um a lot of times when you when when we found uh you know the the little groups of vendors um there there was usually one machine that was just selling torg weapons that you had to use these tokens for and the to- you only get the tokens in like in this DLC and you don't get them very often like you know it's it's for killing uh, slightly higher level, you know, like um, mini bosses and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm I'm really not sure how I feel about that because, like, I can see kind of why they did it because a lot of players come into the DLCs not only like slightly over leveled but also having enough money. Like, I I have like seven hundred thousand dollars or something in that game. Like, money is not even a problem for me anymore. Not anymore. I can, uh, I can afford anything that, that we come across. Yep. And so so I think that the tokens were a way for them to kind of gatekeep that stuff, but I don't want that to be the case. Like, at, at this point in the game, I'm not here for the progression anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm here to just kind of be entertained. Yeah. Are you ready to be entertained? <laughs> <laughs> And and yes, the DLC provides plenty of entertainment. Yeah. So. 
And Overall, it, it, it was wonderful. Yes, it had some issues. There was like that, and then there were the impossible missions that it had. It had three impossible level missions in it. Well, yeah. I mean, once once we level up to level fifty, we'll, or or so, we'll probably be able to come back and uh and do better at them. Well, I don't know if we'll necessarily be able to do better at the the racetrack one, because <laughs> that's just a matter of finding the, right. the shortcuts that we need. And actually, that one brings up another issue to in my mind. Um. I think more than any other Borderlands 2 uh, um, area, I discuss, we, we encountered way more, like, just map issues, you know, like, um, issues with, for example, I accidentally fell through the world at one point. Yeah. Um, you know, you discovered that, that hole in a hill where when we were climbing down and, and we suddenly, like, slid down through that layer of ground onto another layer of ground and there was, like, a cave there that shouldn't be there. Um when we were trying to do the racetrack as fast as possible, we were encountering, like, weird bumps in the road that shouldn't have been there that made our car, like, go nose down, tail end up, and we couldn't, you know, properly, like, steer or accelerate anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I got myself stuck in the hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess uh, in terms of polish, this this piece of DLC was less polished than, than other parts of Borderlands. That being said, it also kind of makes <laughs> it fits right along with sort of the character of the DLC itself, with everything that was going on. Yeah. So like when we when we first entered the arena and and I looked up at the crowd and they were like these like completely flat like slow moving almost you know like sixteen bit looking animations of a crowd. Like I was like, okay, they had to do that on purpose. Like that just looks like crap. On purpose, right? It's a, it's making fun of like old video games with with crowd animations in the background, right? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it must have because there's no way that like you know they accidentally just had something that looked that awful. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it the a lot of the mistakes fit <laughs> in with the the character of the overall DLC. And uh, let's see, this is the first time that we ever got to meet Mr. Tork, right? Yeah. Because, man, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's one of my favorite characters now. <laughs> I think he is my favorite character. At yeah. least for, for the characters themselves that we get to meet. I mean, it's kind of hard to say Krieg is my favorite character when we don't really have much mm-hmm. of a background on him other than... Right, right. But we do know that he has the shiniest meat bicycle. And he's the conductor of the poop train. Uh-huh. Oh, how could I forget? Um, <laughs> speaking of conductor of the poop train... Uh, so I I also played Tales from the Borderlands this week, which is the uh, the Telltale episodic take on uh, the Borderlands um, universe, and the <laughs> the reason that Conductor of the Poop Train reminds me of that is there was at one point when uh, one a character was talking to me and he said you know like you'll you'll pretend to be whoever you need to be in order to get the job done. And one of you know he was like if if she introduces you as a psycho you know then then you act like a psycho and and one of my dialogue options was I'm the conductor of the poop train. <laughs> and so I hope you selected that one. Of course I did. I, yeah, <laughs> I made How my character. In that. Uh, he was just like, yeah, that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, for Tales from the Borderlands, it's. It it has a lot of the you know stereotypical things that we that we've become used to in Telltale games. You know, it's it's five episodes, episodic. Um, all of the the action is almost always quick time events. You know, like 
dodge in this direction or click here to you know hit somebody um, and if you if you you know miss then I guess you fail but I never failed because those are not difficult quick time events at all um, you know obviously the the much more interesting interactions are in the dialogue yes. and they really really took that to a next level in this one um, so they they shook things up for the narrative by having the story be told from the perspective of two different characters, and you are playing as both of those characters at different times. Uh, so you've got... Um, one, one of the characters that you play as is... Uh, he's, his name is Reese, and he works for Hyperion, right? And so this is... Does he have peanut butter cups? No. What? Peanut butter cups? Yeah, Reese. Reese's. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> R-H-Y-S... Sheesh. Um, anyway, so he uh, so this this takes place after Borderlands 2. So spoiler alert: uh, Jack is dead, and uh, so he's he's basically trying to rise through the ranks in the company. Uh, but you know things go wrong, and so he has to go down to Pandora to try to kind of swindle his way back up to the top. Um, and and. At the same time, Fiona, the other character that you're playing as, she is a con artist, and she is to con him into, you know, like giving her money, basically. And yeah. and uh, and uh, you know, eventually the whole plan breaks down for both of them, and you know, you go on this crazy adventure, and and uh, but they both still hate each other at the end, I guess, because the like, you know, they're 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 both like kind of contradicting each other and, and arguing as. Uh, some a masked person with a shotgun is you know has them tied up and is forcing them to tell them this story, <laughs> and uh, they'll bang okay. <laughs> that yeah, that'd be weird. Um, but it, it I guess it'd be nice therapeutic sex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sexual healing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, it's been a very long time since I have played a game that just had as many laughs per minute as Tales from the Borderlands. Like, even in regular Borderlands. Um, you know, you, you go through... Because in Borderlands, like, naturally, we go through so much time where we're just walking to the next thing or, you know, driving or traveling, you know, that, uh, you know, we, we don't see the, the funny stuff 24-7. But Tales from the Borderlands is able to keep it, you know, basically being entertaining at all times. And I just... I, I absolutely love it for that. And so for so for the most part when you're like looking at should I play this telltale game or not usually I I would say are you already a fan of the thing that it is you know that that it's a property of um but tales from the borderlands actually is like good enough is entertaining enough that I think it would have wide appeal that a lot of people would really enjoy it obviously you have to have kind of the same sense of humor as you would as as somebody who would enjoy Borderlands, but even if like you know you're somebody who hasn't gotten into Borderlands yet because you don't have time or whatever, uh, you should definitely check out Tales from the Borderlands because it is hilarious. It is it is hilarious and it does interesting things with with narrative that I haven't seen being done before. So we'll have to set up uh, Steam sharing again on between us. Oh, you haven't you don't have access to my library? Not anymore. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that right after the show then. Sounds good. Hey, speaking of which, are we at the end of the show? I believe we are. Oh. Oh, I guess we haven't set like a, a reasonable price, have we? Um, so I, I guess I'll just go for Tales from the Borderlands uh, for the first episode. You know, it's definitely worth five dollars. 
<laughs> and like I said, that's you know five dollars for wide appeal, which is a lot different than saying it's worth five dollars to me. I think that a lot of people, even people who you know aren't me, would enjoy it. Yes. Cool. All right. Well. And then, what do we think for Mr. Torg's campaign of Carnage? How, what do we think is a reasonable price for that? Well, how much is it selling for right now? The, no, you can't ask yourself that question beforehand, Ian. you got to critically think for yourself, okay? <laughs> well, okay, fine. Well, like, how much are they usually set at? And we can say, is it above or below the average for other DLCs that we've... I think I, I don't like that approach to to figuring it out either, because, like... Okay, so so based on based on you know how much entertainment we got out of it, um, I would say I would say seven fifty. I'd I'd put it at a ten. Ten dollars? Okay. $10. Yeah, because it, yeah, it, well, it's, it, it was entertaining, but it was a little bit. It, it did have some more flaws than uh, that I'm used to from a Borderlands game, and like I mean, we we just blew through it in like a matter of like four hours or something today. Yeah, so maybe seven fifty instead of ten. Then yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Plus, we weren't able to use our our fancy new vehicles from the last DLC. So. Oh, the boats and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't really expecting that. That'd be crazy. <laughs> I kind of was. I was expecting us to be able to use those throughout the in, the the entirety of the rest of the game. Hmm. Well, I guess you expect too much. Mm, I guess so. But All yeah, right. thanks well, for listening, everybody. This has been Eight Bits. I'm Ian Decker. And I'm Ian Buck. Signing out. <laughs>
I'm still just hoping that it's uh like you know dust in the the on the heater the the, the cooling things uh burning. 